0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Let's Unpack That. Um, I'm Paul, and I'm the host of your weekly podcast where we dissect topics at the top of my mind through the lens of anxiety, depression, and queerness. Uh, Slowly changing that every single week. Um, And I'm back with Kathleen uh, to unpack a similar topic, but also not at all a similar topic. Um, Today's topic is personalities at work. Um, so sort of who you are at work, the persona you put on while you're at work, the way you talk, the way you think, the way you dress. So I'm really excited. And Kathleen, you've had a lot of jobs.
1: I have. I've had a lot of jobs. If you listen to the last episode I was on, we talked about a career change. So I've been, I've been in a lot of work environments in like just the last five years. It's really interesting to reflect back on what parts of myself I never showed. Sometimes showed was the felt I felt was the most important, um, depending on on what kind of job I was in. So I'm really excited to unpack this with you.
0: Me too. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know when we were talking about like why we wanted to do this one. I feel like it's it's because, at least for me, I feel like the reason why I wanted this as a topic is because I feel right now, especially working from home being separated from the people that like fill my personality at work and mm-hmm. like make me whole at work, I feel like I don't have much of a work personality right now. Like my personality at home and work has really blended, minus the fact that like, you know, you have your like conference call voice. Like right. yes. Everybody everybody has that, right? <laughs> like um and you have your way that you speak and the way that you type. But like going a little bit deeper than that, I feel like I am stuck somewhat, you know, like my days are packed, my days are filled. They're really busy because it's working in healthcare during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But like I think I thrive so much in the like person to person, face to face interaction when I can see and feel that person's reaction with me. You know, right. so I'm it like validation that like <laughs> They like my personality that I'm putting off at work, you know.
1: So do you do you look forward to, like, work calls then? Does it need to be video or is, does that not give you the same, like, like, feeling as the actual being in person?
0: I don't know if it does because I feel like my humor is, like, very physical.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: like, I don't know. Like, my, my humor is my connection. My humor sure. is, like, such a huge part of my personality, whether you motherfuckers think I'm funny or not (laughs) like I I think that like making jokes with people making people laugh or laughing Mm -hmm. with people people making me laugh is where my personality like shines and I smile the most and like I feel the most whole and I feel like other people feel connected to me like during that time so yeah absolutely yeah not like having that like physical humor of like grabbing someone because I'm laughing so hard. I do that, I sure I do that to annoy so many people, but I have to hold on because like I don't want to You're like... gonna
1: fall over if you, yeah, <laughs> you I
0: don't, I have to. And I know so many people hate that. So I've been like <laughs> consciously trying to work on it. But I'm like, oh hold on to me. I'm laughing so hard I might fly away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that about you. I think it's one of my favorite things.
0: Is it? Oh yeah, yeah. But then I like... just worry.
1: I'm like Paul actually thinks I'm funny like he's like reaching out to me to give me like affirmation that he's on the same page and I know he actually finds this <laughs> funny right now yeah. it's, it's yeah. so affirming
0: if I, if I don't touch you touch you against your will like is it really were you really that funny I don't know like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so I feel like that part I like miss like mm-hmm. the like joking the eye rolling the like, like the teasing and stuff that like we all sort of take part in at work because that's that's on on the team that I've been on now for three years. I feel the most connected to that. I feel like I can express myself the most. I feel like I can be the silly yet also somehow professional person mm-hmm. that I am. Um, and so like being trapped at home and just being a voice or even just being an image behind like a um, screen is just like not enough for me. Yeah. You know? I know it's important. I know why we have to do it. I mean, we've talked about that, but... Um, it's just weird to feel like I'm losing my work personality a little bit Mm -hmm. I feel that not only am I probably treating people more like transactionally and objectively but they're doing the same to me because we're all just get it done get it done get it done right and that's who has a personality I mean I guess a lot of people have that personality of just like I'm a person who checks things off my to-do list but like I don't know the people that I find I'm lucky to work with on my team and not on my team are like so not that, you know, mm-hmm. like it's so about the personal interactions in between the seriousness yeah. of what we do. I don't
1: know. Yeah, even I mean, I have only had a couple of like work meetings, which included eight other people. And I we use a program that allowed me to like put them in gallery view so I could see everyone, oh, yeah. which was like yeah. sort of helpful. It felt a little bit more group like, but I always find myself like my mind wandering. I'm looking at stuff behind people. I'm like, where in the house are they? What does the rest of that room look like? What, who else is in the room? Like I start thinking about other things because we aren't actually really face to face. Like you really do lose that connection. Yeah. 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 And then I like, I totally put on a fake energy on those calls. Like the second, second it's over, I'm like, okay, well now I'm, Back in reality, back in my parents' house, waiting out the pandemic and being quarantined, I just immediately go back into whatever my real mood is.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: like, it just, I don't know. It puts me in a totally different place.
0: I totally relate to that. And, it like, that image you gave me, like, I had such a big reaction. It's like, you only see that little box, like, of where they are. Like, my friend who has slept in this room, like didn't know that I was even recording in this room the other day, and she's been here quite a few times now, and she was like, "Oh, it just looks different," and I was like, "Yeah, it's like everything looks different when you're looking through a screen. Like yeah. everything looks like it's just like a piece or like a a moment of something. Like like what else is on the wall? Like you're not mm-hmm. just like this flat two dimensional thing. And that's why I feel like my personality is like feeling a little bit more flat and two dimensional right yeah. now. Like yeah, I just I feel like I'm I am." the only way I can sort of maintain like some level of, of personality and, and persona and like self is like, I am bucketing things and mm-hmm. I am like compartmentalizing things. I'm like, okay, on this call, I will be on this call. Right. And then after this call, I will need to be horizontal for five minutes because <laughs> yep. I just need a break. <laughs> I'll be
1: in the fetal position on the floor of my teenage bedroom with a glass of wine.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm- so it's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I do think that I've been that way in real life too, though, like in the sense that I am one person in the office and another person when I am outside of work, like I, a job that I had a couple of years ago was sort of your typical desk job, nine to five, you work in a cubicle where everybody else works in a cubicle, like very typical office Mm -hmm. environment. Um, but I commuted on the train out, um, To the Burbs, actually, from Philly. And the people who also rode the train ended up seeing a totally different part of who I was because we had this more casual time together, walking to and from the train, maybe Uh sitting together on the train, that we had these more personal conversations. And I was a little bit more relaxed. I didn't feel like I had to be on because we weren't physically in the office. Yeah, we talked about work, but it was a little bit more casual you know, when we did. And then I also think part of it is a lot of them were also women around my age. And that sort of lent itself to this like, camaraderie, in a sense that allowed me to feel free sharing parts of myself that weren't just professional or just work related. So I mean, I definitely there is a switch that flips whenever I walk in or out of a workspace. I don't know if you feel the same way, or if your wonderful, beautiful, loving personality is just you all the time.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I um, I feel like it's literally a switch, you know, that mm-hmm. goes on. And because we have two headquarters at our company, I think I have two personalities mm. at each headquarters. Okay. Like at headquarters, can you can <laughs> that word be single? Like I don't know. Why not? Okay. Yeah. It
1: is now <laughs> T M.
0: It is now. Yeah, TM that. Yeah, <laughs> headquarter. Yeah. Yeah. This is the let's unpack that headquarter. No.
1: No, maybe not.
0: Maybe <laughs> not. I'll TM that shit though. Um trademark for all you newbies. Um, all you
1: listeners. Team. All you
0: listen. Uh, she dropped it. Um, but yeah, I feel like um like we have one office that's very relaxed and it's like jeans and t-shirts and i swear to god people wear pajamas um and then we have another one that's a little bit more professional there's higher level executives there and i dress different in both places i style my hair different in both places i wear different shoes i even carry myself differently like i stand up straighter when i'm in the office that is <laughs> straighter but also uh <laughs> also just more i would say like rigid you know in in mm-hmm. terms of how people interact with each other versus like I can work with my feet up on the desk, like with my laptop on my lap, just like for an hour editing a PowerPoint in the other office. So I, I definitely feel I have different personalities because I, I, or maybe it's not different personalities, but it's consciously trying to show other parts of of one personality. Like I, so I think it's like, it, like, I haven't had like many jobs, you know, like I've, I've worked in sports for a bit and like had to fake that, but I just sort of view that as like getting by. <laughs> um, I had, to. I worked as a tour guide and that's where I was talking about something I love. And so like, you know, you're obviously going to be more, more passionate. You're going to bring more to yourself. And I could mm-hmm. do that job any day, every day, all day, you know, if it's something that I care about. Right. And then like, you know, you think about, like your my work stuff and I really I think my only experience with different personalities is when I started you mm-hmm. know when, and then when you meet that first friend and then you yep. like have that happy hour where you could get a little weird
1: and, like, Did you ever notice that someone <laughs> am I the only one that thinks that's weird <laughs> and then you're like yeah. no no me too and then it's like bonded
0: <laughs> boom yeah like And then I have like, okay, now I'm, I'm progressing. So I'm, I'm, you know, climbing the ladder as we discussed last time. And, and now it's like a different, it's a different level of like having to be a different personality, a more professional mm-hmm. personality, and maybe it's something I put on myself. But I feel like it's like fuck up less. It's like you know like what I tell myself every day. Which is what a horrible thing to like <laughs> say to yourself, you know? Not like do a good job, but just like please don't fuck up again today, you know? So I I have noticed it, but maybe not maybe not to the extent that you have. I don't know if that resonates with you, or you know if it if, does. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I again thinking about that particular job we had casual Fridays like on and off throughout my time there for some reason the higher oh. up leadership there were some people who were like no no we like we can't do casual Fridays because we, we would often host clients in our space and so there is sort of this expectation of how you look and present yourself when you have clients coming in but we the rest of us were kind of like well if we have one in just tell us beforehand and that won't be a casual Friday it's not often enough to like make a big difference but I when you were speaking I was just reflecting on like when we had casual days and I could wear clothes that made me feel more like myself I was more confident I was more outgoing both personally and professionally with my colleagues and I just felt more at ease in myself which made me feel more at ease in the work that I was doing I I mm. just I really hate business casual clothing any kind of business clothing, really. Um, I hate it. I hate it. The yeah. worst. And I, the thing is that yeah. I, I don't feel like myself. And that really mm-hmm. on some days can have an impact on my ability to perform the way that I should. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, on the flip side of that, if I do have a presentation, if there are folks from outside of the company coming in that we have to host, I do want to dress up for that moment. You know, and sort of mm-hmm. say, and I don't, maybe it's an age thing for me at that point. You know, I was 26 when I started that job. It was my first real job after grad school. And I just wanted people to take me seriously. And so if I had to present to people who weren't able to see my competence in the day-to-day, it felt like a necessity to dress more professionally, hold myself kind of like what you were saying, of you know, a little bit straighter. Um Speaking of, I never came out of, at that job and I was there for two years. Um, so oh my that's a whole God. other thing that could be yeah. talked about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, it's so funny how the circumstances totally dictate how, like, what parts of yourself you allow to show or not. It's really fascinating. It just even clothes can make that big of a difference, you know? its It's kind of wild.
0: Yeah. And I feel like with clothes and personality, like I can be fully dressed up, like business professional, mm-hmm. not business casual. And I'm good. I'm on. I am I'm I feel super professional. I, you know, I look it, I carry myself that way. I'm very conscious of like my belt and my shoes and my mm-hmm. shoelaces and scuff marks. And is like the like, you know, like hugging someone. Did I get makeup on? I think like I I feel like I'm constantly checking myself. I also feel like I like actively don't go to the bathrooms those days because I like don't want to mess anything up you know like I don't know what that's about and then I have like my casual stuff like you were saying that's like my casual clothes is my casual personality and every day in in the office I mainly work in is casual Mm -hmm. so I feel comfortable I feel like myself I don't feel like I'm being judged I'm confident in my work and my relationships and everything and then there's the in-between that I think is like the costume or putting on your drag, you know, is like when you have the uniform or, you know, you're representing something, whether it be in a meeting or whether it be at an event or, Mm -hmm. you know, but you're, you're, you're wearing someone else's clothes. So you're, and you, you know what you need to do in those moments. Like I'm, I'm comfortable in those three, but where I'm like totally uncomfortable is that business casual clothing. Like, the wrinkled shirt it's gonna be wrinkled by the like especially if you take the train like it's wrinkled by the time I was, you get there i was
1: wrinkled and sweaty every single day when i went into the office <laughs> i
0: know yeah yeah And like what does that take on your personality you know so i i think that's that business casual clothing i view as like just so sterile mm-hmm. i like i always just think of khakis and i think oh. of the button oh i know <laughs>
1: I know pants I, never fit me. It's so annoying. Buying women's business pants is the worst thing that has ever happened to me in do my life.
0: Pants fit anyone. No. <laughs> Should that be a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, I. No. It's like especially women. I mean, you're also like more petite. You know, like you're you're shorter, so you're like. Automatically everything is you're gonna too long. To, Everything yeah. is too long. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I do, I am lucky that I do have like tall, skinny legs, you know, that maybe spill out into an apple (laughs) shape, but like, I, I at least have, have that part of like clothing and personality that Mm -hmm. I can sort of like manage that. Generally speaking, my clothes do fit, but I do not feel that like men's dress shirts are designed to fit. Why did they go down to your knees? You know, like what, why do you tuck after (laughs) (laughs) Like You tuck it all the way to your
2: knees. Yeah,
0: and how is anyone supposed to feel like either themselves or comfortable Comf- in that yeah. environment? Or com- comfortable, confident, mm-hmm. or like themselves? It just seems a little crazy. Now, granted, I've seen people who look like they pull it off, but they yeah. usually are dressed business professionally. I don't think that they're dressed business casual. Mm-hmm. I, people to me who are dressed business casual don't look comfortable because, like, who who could be?
1: It's not. It's not comfortable. <laughs> like, like, and, Do,
0: yeah. are, are there pockets should there be pockets in these pants like,
1: usually not be, for women's there's no pockets <laughs> it's the worst thing
0: which that is just the bag industry trying to manipulate you Ugh, like into so buying purses i know bullshit yeah i will
1: shove my thing. giant phone into the <laughs> pocket before i will carry a purse <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely
0: absolutely And meanwhile, I always think because I wear skinny jeans like that, or like tighter pants in general, I'm like, give me a purse. I wish it was acceptable for me to carry a purse. Do it. Why not? Oh, I don't know. That's, I can't show my personality at work. (laughs) (laughs) There's the answer. There it Um, is. Podcast closed. But it is. I mean, I, I've thought about that all the time. I mean, <clears throat> down to clothing, but like the backpack that you wear, you mm-hmm. know, I think shoes say so much, you so know, much. or people feel like they say so much, yeah. um, you know, if they're professional, do they give you a lift? You know, are mm-hmm. they like, why are you wearing sneakers with those dress pants? You know, <laughs> like, all that, all that stuff, like, I feel like is so tied in together. But like, Fuck yeah. I wish I could like go to work in a little bit of makeup like carrying a purse, but I'm not that confident, you know? Right. I'm not that confident. And, and and I feel like our our company is like very much accepting, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's like I'm not allowing myself to maybe express myself at, or be accepted, you know? Right. Cuz you know that people will talk like cuz people in general will just talk about people who look differently. Mm-hmm. But like should that stop me? because that's what my personality is when I go out you know with you or like with Andrew or with Jack, like I usually just like touch up a little bit, you know, but mm-hmm. I've never done that for work really at all. Maybe I did I've done my eyes underneath <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's but so maybe, funny it's because then I feel like on the other side of things, as a woman and someone who presents like I'm not incredibly feminine, but feminine enough that people expect me, I think, to wear makeup when I leave the house. I think that is an expectation. I can't imagine going to a workplace having not put on makeup. Now, I don't do a lot, but like you're saying, like it's just, just a little touch up, just something to be like, yes, I put myself together this morning. I go out and do all kinds of other things without makeup on, but for some reason, <laughs> right. for work, it feels like that's a part of the like dressing up to be professional part, you know? Yeah. And, but what like, why? I don't know. But like, maybe that's just my perception of what I think people expect because not every woman wears makeup but I just, right. I feel like I don't know I feel like people take me more seriously if I do
0: yeah it's like it, it, and it I, I kind of equate it to like everybody cleans their house before people come mm-hmm. like they're before people come over mm-hmm. but it's like when do you ever live in a house that's fully clean unless you truly are like what people call a clean freak you know Hi. Um, <laughs> yeah hi I'm Kathleen <laughs> but like you know like for for us like of course we like straighten up we clean our bath yeah. and we scrub everything when people come over because you don't want to be the dirty friends even though like you probably are you know and, and they probably know that you are right but it, it's something about that it's touching up it's cleaning up it feels like it's part of the dress code to make people feel welcome and or comfortable around because mm-hmm. you. you invested time in what your face you know So right.
1: like, <laughs> know. take me seriously i'm wearing makeup
0: yeah, right. It is. It's take me seriously. I'm wearing this tie that is a piece of cloth wrapped around my neck and tightened in a knot. Like, tell me how that makes sense at all? No, but that's true. why gays love turtlenecks. So, I, like, there you go.
1: I love. Yeah. I mean, I I love the way a good turtleneck looks. I'm not big into wearing them. You made me got me made me buy my first one a couple of months know, ago.
0: That it did look so good.
1: Thank you. <laughs> um, it,
0: and it's now in the bottom of your drawers. Never it's not even in again. the
1: same house as i am right now so right. <laughs> i it's funny though actually cuz i i do have a part time job um aside from my day one and in this job i often work in different positions so sometimes i'll sort of be at the most basic position and everyone in that role wears the same polo shirt and so you look like a team and your uniform and and yeah there's that and then sometimes i'm managing those folks under me who are wearing the polos and in that position you get to wear business casual clothing and I would Mm. say that like if you didn't know me and didn't pay close enough attention you would think that they were two different people if you came to the place where I work on two different nights oh yeah like I'm in my black polo I'm one of many I'm not I'm taking initiative, but I'm not a leader per se. I'm just doing what I'm told to do by my higher ups. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bit more demure and quiet and just kind of like doing the work, put my head down. But the second I put on that business casual clothing and I'm the manager and I'm in charge, it's like, okay, here I am. I must like assert my presence so that people know that I am here to take care of them and make this mm. a good experience and like... You know, if I'm put together, then my team is gonna feel confident and put together also. You know, so it's interesting how even in the same environment, different parts of my personality come out depending on what role I'm playing that particular yeah. day.
0: Yeah, I totally see that. Like when I'm when I'm in <clears throat> a meeting with people who either make more money than me have more experience or are my actual bosses and our, our, our leaders, you know, um, I am so happy to play the young person mm-hmm. who doesn't know anything just here for a good time right. and going to work really hard. Yeah. Let me handle that. Like yep. that is do I don't, do we just do that as young people? Maybe, um, maybe. but like, I find that there, I'm very much like, what's that word? Like subservient? Like what the, what's the, I can't remember what that word is, but like you're very much like agreeable. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're like, oh, help. Oh, it's no problem. Like it. Yeah, Cause you're like, and, and then you can walk out of that room and then you have to debrief with your own team members as their leader. And mm-hmm. you're like, I oh got this new fucking big project. Right. You know? exactly. <laughs> like, yep. And it's not, it's not that I'm mad about the project. It's also not that I'm just, like, this agreeable idiot. I just am sort of changing the way I'm speaking about work based on who I'm with.
1: Who, right. And how you think they're going to respond to that.
0: Right. Does that make me fake? Or does that just make me, like, I'm trying to... Am I trying to be too relatable? Like, I... It's interesting. I like
1: to think that it's, like, a relatable thing. It's like, you know... I don't... It's like... you you know your audience in a sense you know like I think about the way that I talk to my parents versus the way I talk to my friends you know I'm still me I'm not I don't Mm -hmm. think that anything I express in one place I wouldn't not express in the other it's just how that information is communicated that maybe changes and how it's
0: yeah it's how it's expressed Mm -hmm. and like to what <clears throat> we talked about that when we first yeah, unpacked gay ladies with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we talked about like, who are you with your family? Are right. you funny? Are you silly? Are you, you know, and we've, you know, we've talked about that a lot. Like, and I, I feel that that, that sort of a modicum for probably how a lot of people feel at work, that I, I need to be presenting in a certain way to either gain respect or show authority. Mm-hmm. Like, and you sort of have to make those decisions on, how you dress, what you think about, like, when is it okay to like vent, you know, because you're venting right. is, like you getting everything out, but I don't want to be a complainer. But like, every moment of my life is about venting, you know? know, everything I do is processing. And so I don't view it as complaining. But I'm, I'm like, Oh, I don't I don't want to over vent or mm-hmm. over ask for advice, because you don't want to be too eager or a complainer. So you're like, dialing things back to show that you can be professional and show that you can be a calm level-headed problem solver when probably the number one word that people would use to describe me is high strung like
1: (laughs) really uh... you are not high strung in my opinion
0: well, that's because you don't work with me. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. No, I. God damn, we're like nailing this podcast. Just
1: unpacked that. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I figured out the number one way to get people to be more open about work stuff, which is show
0: them your boobs. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, no. If you have to go on a work trip. With another coworker, it is. It's almost like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's like when you travel together for work, whatever you talk about, that's between you guys forever. Like I, in this job that I've been referencing a lot, where I worked in the office, I also worked. Um, but one of our programs were in a couple of countries in East Africa, and so we would have to travel there to work with our team there, and I went with my direct manager on one trip and then I went on another trip with the director of my team and it's just really fun to watch the people who are like your supervisors at work just kind of take it down a notch professionally because it's like oh we're we're in this place where n- neither of us calls home and we're hundreds of miles away and let's just have a beer and go to the bar and do whatever right. and then you start talking about all kinds of things and how you actually feel about your co-workers and it's it's very interesting what you can find out um yeah and I yeah. I think too my personally my role is like I'm very much a listener at least first I really like to just sit in a room and learn whatever I can and observe what's going on so like I'm really good at I would like sit with my manager and she would have some wine or some beer and just start talking and I would nod my head and I would learn a lot of things about how she felt about work. (laughs)
0: Uh See, that's, that's an interesting thing that you can channel as a listener. Cause I think I, I strive to relate so hard that I don't forget to listen, Mm -hmm. but maybe I don't listen as attentively as I could. Cause I'm like, I'm constantly like, oh yeah, like uh, uh, like just like jumping in, you know, yeah. which like, I, I mean, I guess I sort of do that in my personal life, but maybe not to the extent I do it at work. Mm-hmm. You just, you sort of want, You want to acknowledge what people are saying, or that's my perspective is that I want to acknowledge what they're saying. I could probably acknowledge a lot more with silence, but I acknowledge a lot more with agreeing Uh and talking and sharing back and like finding stories that are relatable and constantly searching for relatability when it can actually come by just sitting there and and sort of listening, you know.
1: It's funny because it's actually something I learned at a very young age. It, obviously in not a work environment because I wasn't working when I was seven but um I like <laughs> as the youngest member of my family and having a pretty large extended family I learned that if I just like kept quiet and stayed small and listened I could learn a lot more information and like I could you know parents just assumed I wasn't paying attention so I pretty much always knew what was going on just because I was quiet so no one noticed me but once I'm in a place where I'm I'm like feeling more confident or more excited about something, I will become more talkative. And so, you know, mm-hmm.
2: you,
1: you know, it, it's pretty easy to tell with me when I'm comfortable versus feeling a little bit outside of whatever's going on based on how engaged I am. And so that like that often translated to work as well. When I don't feel confident, if I'm not sure what people are talking about, I'll keep quiet because I'm trying to listen and understand and I also don't want to draw attention to myself because god forbid somebody asks me my opinion and I don't have a response (laughs) so the only time I really speak up at work is when I am sure and I'm very confident that what I'm going to share and say is not only correct and true but is going to be well received by the people around me
0: Hmm. yeah which is funny because I feel like when I, when I feel, when you speak up now as your friend, like you speak up, you're sharing your opinion, you're about to drop some knowledge. Like I sort of like brace myself for it. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I was like, like, cause I do, I just see you as, as thoughtful in that way, you know, Thanks. versus yeah. Um, versus like, I know that, or I feel that people actively listen to me process stuff. And they probably just want me to stop talking so that they can explain. But it's just my sort of like my personality at work of needing to contribute. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to contribute even if I don't have a ton to say, because I want you to hear that I'm thinking about what you think and I'm actively processing it and internalizing it so that I can articulate a response maybe a minute from now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is I think how 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 you're saying you sit back, think, and then articulate your opinion. I think that's how a lot of people who are perceived as like quiet personalities right. at work, are they're actively doing the same thing. Like they, they want to make sure it's going to be a legitimate response that can be backed up that they've thought about clearly. And it's not like they're slow to respond. They're just mm-hmm. clearly more purposeful mm-hmm. with their responses, which I am not like, and I, I don't know why that
1: is like, so I wonder, I mean, this could be drawing a very like general conclusion because we're just talking about our own two experiences, but I, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: my, I guess my first question is have you always felt comfortable speaking up that way and just sort of saying what's on your mind and wanting to contribute without fear of backlash and like, have you, what sort of like feedback or or like positive or negative reinforcement have you experienced from that?
0: Yeah, I think, (laughs) no, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I think I, I, one, I, I never really learned like how to speak up. You know, I only learned that through debate and that was when I was, you know, 14 and 15 Mm -hmm. years old. So I always like say that I've only been speaking really for like 12 years of my life. You know, I, I, I didn't speak much. I don't even know that I listened much. I think I, as a, as a kid, I was pretty easily stressed out, easily anxious, easily like not confident. So while I was very friendly with people, I, I very much enjoyed like, like, I, I very much enjoy just like being around people and like mm-hmm. laughing with people and having fun with people. And that's like been the consistent part about my personality. But I think like being one of the younger siblings, you feel like you're constantly sort of being talked down to, being mm-hmm. told you're wrong because kids are so competitive naturally. Yeah. Like, so like me with my siblings, like, I feel like my only reaction was fly off the handle to try to prove that I'm right. You know, mm-hmm. I was like angry or like as my siblings would say which is not appropriate to say now you're like the spaz, you know like mm. and and it's like I people like I, it's it's crazy that that we've come that far in you know such a short amount of time to make me feel younger but um you know that my my siblings viewed me as very reactionary you know mm-hmm. very like Like just like all or nothing, like black and white, you know, there was no gray. I didn't reflect like how I do right now, you know, and I think that that started when I was 14 and 15 because I was into debate and I was into mock trial and you had to speak up and make your opinion Hmm. and you had to preempt other people's objections before uh, you started speaking, you know, you had to know what they were going to say before they said it. So you had to prepare for every single conversation and every single outcome, go through all of your questions and Mm -hmm. all of your answers and make sure that you were prepared. And that type of like, I think sort of prep work has suited me really well. When I prepare for meetings, I never want to show up dumb. I never want to show up with nothing to say. I never want to show up and say, I don't know, even though you, you can, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's totally okay to do that. I do that all the time in my personal life, but I just want to feel that people can view me as resourceful and I'm going to be a person they can count on. And I'm going to be a person that maybe can help them get an answer or think differently about something at work. So I'm just going to sort of, I think either what I'm, what I'm realizing now five years into the workforce is that you just can't, you you can't always be that prepared. Sometimes right. you do just have to listen. And it's okay to say I don't know enough about this project, but mm-hmm. I I I want to learn more and I'm really just on this call to sort of get educated yeah. about it. You know, we're like but I'm only learning that now after sort of like 5 years of really tiring myself of preparing for calls <laughs> and meetings and trying to be perfect when right. when really just sitting back and watching someone else present what the facts are I can sort of raise questions I can raise objections I can speak up and hold my hand up Mm -hmm. but um I feel pressure to perform you know like yeah in such a interesting way so I don't know if I fully answered your question
1: yeah I think I I mean again I think I was (laughs) like I said I think I was like trying to draw like a pretty steep generalization but I was I'm wondering too like who your models were for that because for me Okay, the generalization I'm trying to make is a gender thing. So I'm just going to like put that out there because I'm just grow it around it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because
1: for me, I, thinking about my jobs in the past several years, I, this corporate job I worked at was made up, the company as a whole was made up 80% of women and 20% of men. But if you looked at our leadership team and our executive board, it was the opposite. Mm -hmm. Where the leadership Mm was 80% male and 20% female. And that didn't represent our company. And even like within my team, my manager was a woman. I felt very comfortable talking with her and being candid with her about saying, I don't know, or I need you to teach me this thing. But then my director, who was a man and much older and had many more years of experience, I didn't feel comfortable saying, I don't know, or I don't have a response, or I need you to show me how to do this. I don't understand. Or even when I would work for some of the other teams in our office that were actually made up completely of women. And they were people that I, I saw them every day, but we didn't work together every day the way I did with my team. I was more comfortable speaking up in those meetings than in meetings, which included my male director.
2: Hmm. Even though there are only hmm.
1: three of us versus working on a less familiar team of seven or eight or nine. You know, well, so I, when I saw the women who were in positions above me, speak up more and say things like I don't know or I'm not sure or can you tell me more about that that modeling was really key for me to speak up to to them too to say the same thing to them you know when I was when I was in those meetings and and in my other jobs um, like the part-time job I was talking about the people I report to directly are women and I feel very comfortable going to them with anything. And and the more comfortable I am talking to them or asking questions about work, the more comfortable I am being myself and showing other parts of who I am and bringing them into my personal life. So I I don't know why that is, but I... Yeah, I don't know. I, I do think that that gender plays a role because of what is modeled to you and and what you see sort of informs how you do or do not value yourself within a particular group or situation.
0: I agree. And I think there are things about what you described that I label as like intimidating, Mm. you know, someone with more experience, Mm -hmm. someone with a higher title yeah someone with you know like a clear drive to get things done unfortunately in most of our society those roles have been dominated by men for a really long time yes so the people that i am intimidated by sometimes are the people that i feel most different from specifically when they are at a senior level than me mm-hmm. and i feel so much closer to like, the, I, I feel my experience is so much closer to a female experience than it is to a male experience. And let me preface that by saying I recognize that I have it easier as a token gay male in corporate America. Um, But where I'm saying that I, I feel related to that experience is because I am very much intimidated by men with more experience mm-hmm. and uh, more years on this earth than me. Um, And it takes me a really long time to get beyond that. And I think it takes women even longer Mm -hmm. to get beyond that. Um, And I think it takes like, it, 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 it's to me, it's, it's, I view it as like, they are the authority figure, you know, like they are intimidating Mm -hmm. and they will never say, I don't know. They always have an answer for something. What I've noticed about, Men that I work with, and I work with many awesome men, but what I have noticed about them is that they will say an entire answer and then say at the end, but I don't know. Hmm. A woman a woman is so much more like going to lead with, I'm not sure, but Mm -hmm. here's what I think. Right. (laughs) Or like apologize
1: for talking so long. Yeah.
0: Yeah, right, right. Like they're going to like end with the apology or they're going to end like they're going to start with i don't know they're going to level set before they even give you the answer mm-hmm. the most of the men i work with don't care <laughs> you know like, don't care about yeah. that and and it's because i think they have years of confidence mm-hmm. and that person and and with that confidence comes a, a personality that can often be intimidating to others and impact others personalities in terms of how they share at work. So I do think there's a clear distinction gender wise, Mm -hmm. like without a doubt. Right. And that's why I think sometimes when I am probably to your earlier point around what I'm saying, how I'm processing, how I'm feeling, who are my role models. It's because I've looked at these people and these people for so long, these people were were told that they were like infallible and perfect, you know, like whether that person was a priest, whether that person was a principal, like whether that person was a teacher, many of those, that those feelings were defined by powerful
1: Yeah, there are quote
0: unquote powerful men in my life.
1: Sure. Authority figures in your life. Yeah.
0: Authority yeah. figures. Yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely feel that, like, a hundred percent. But mm-hmm. I I wonder like that's I feel like I consciously come back to like, am I promoting and empowering women and people of color? You know, like am I actively promoting like people who are queer in the mm-hmm. workplace? Like not promoting necessarily financially. Like you still have to deserve it, but Like, am I, am I building them up? Am I helping them like find their way? Am I helping them find their path? Just like many of the like older white men I work for now are helping me, you know, like they're, they're like happy to spend an hour on the phone with me, you know, well, maybe they're not happy about it, but they seem to (laughs) be happy about (laughs) it. They do it. They do it. And they listen to me and they give me guidance and they, you know, like give me leadership opportunities. And that builds that personality of confidence and mm-hmm. a personality that is sort of, I think I can, I have skills in certain area and I can show off those skills in certain areas. Um, and I feel like a lot of that is because other people have propped me up around me, both like whether it be like my own team members who maybe report to me or work alongside me or my leaders mm-hmm. who sort of oversee me. So I, I feel there has to be a correlation. And as you were speaking, I'm like, Oh, oh God, that makes so much sense. Like you, you speak to the people that you can relate to. And the, the people that I think I relate to most are women in the workplace. Mm. You know, I identify a little bit with the struggle, though I don't struggle in the same ways, but, um, I feel that they, that many women feel they have something more to prove and that defines a lot of their person their, their personality at work. And I don't even know what the word personality means now, but <laughs> so does that, does that sort of like yeah. relate to your experience? Yeah, Uh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I identify with a lot of what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll keep unpacking our personalities at work. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, We are unpacking our personalities at work. Uh, It's Paul and Kathleen. um, And I feel like we're in a really good... I don't know. I feel like that last part was cathartic. I feel great about it. Um, And I'm grateful for you for joining us today. Um, And one thing that we were talking about during the, the break was, you know, personality and diversity in the workplace and how... Your team being diverse may encourage you to share more about yourself because if everyone is different, uh, you can't just look to someone else and point and be like, I'm like that or I'm like that or I'm like that. So um, I know, Kathleen, you're doing something interesting with your job right now. Mm-hmm. around Diversity, inclusion and and how that, that plays into more impactful teams. So I would love to hear a little bit about what you're doing um, and I'm sure I'll chime in.
1: Yeah, so while we're in sort of this holding pattern um, with being quarantined during the coronavirus pandemic, one of my jobs is offering if we audit courses um, like online courses in something that that will be in lieu of the pay that they would give us for shifts. Um, and so one of the courses that they encourage us to take is called "Optimizing Diversity on Teams," um, and this particular job is probably the most diverse workplace that I have. Um, of of all the jobs that I currently do, um, you know, and and diverse in, in all of the ways. We have college students, we have people who've retired and, you know, are done with their, their main professional career and just like to do this on the side and sort of everybody in between um, age, gender, just runs the full spectrum. And um, one of the points in, in the introduction to the course was that the more you encourage and welcome diversity within a team, the more, the more productive it's going to be in the sense that you have so many different points of view and types of people who are bringing various experiences to the table that allow you to make better informed decisions as a group, right? So the more homogenous a group is, the more likely it is to just be like, oh yeah, no, I agree. Yep, totally. We'll just do that thing. That's everybody's experience. That's all we know. And so you sort of have your blinders on to. things that make you the same and so you know in a lot of ways you can be more agreeable but I think when you bring in different voices it allows you to make even better decisions and welcome more people into that too you know if you if you see that your voice and your perspective is valued and taken into consideration you're more willing to speak up. You're going to be more productive. You're going to be a better team member because, again, you feel like you belong in this space. Even if not everybody looks like you, you're at least acknowledged. Um, and so one of the you know, one of the th- things I said to you during the break was that my old job, it was mostly white women and they were all straight. And so that might have been part of the reason why I never came out is I identified with the white and the woman part. And it was easy to just stay in that place but I always felt like I was stifling a really important part of who I am. And so I wasn't ever fully confident in a lot of things because of that. I felt like I was hiding.
0: Hmm. And even if they, they had been accepting, you might've still felt like the other, you know?
1: Yeah. Like the token, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't, I'm actually not even a token anymore. It's funny. I said that earlier in the episode, I feel like our, our company has made really significant strides and maybe part of it's happened naturally too with the, the people that they're promoting into management positions, but like that people are looking out for for people who are different, you know, people who don't look like the, the, the workforce of mm-hmm. 20 years ago, even, you know, but really 30, 40, 50 years ago. And I, I notice it in my own group, like color wise, we're not so diverse, um, but experience wise, maybe we are. You know, somebody who's single, somebody who's dating, mm-hmm. somebody who is like <laughs> actively against all of that. You know, people with kids, people without kids. You know, um, people of color, people from the city, people who are immigrants or immigrant parents, um, people who are queer, mm-hmm. and and we sort of, I guess, if you looked at us, you would be like, oh, there's the black guy, like there's an Asian girl, but like it 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 feels more diverse because our experience is different and we grew up in different parts of the country and our backgrounds are different. And, and I think that like diversity doesn't often mean color though. I think if you add more color to your team, I think you will experience those things that you just talked Mm -hmm. about. Um, I know we've experienced it, you know, when we've added people who look different than us onto my group or maybe are, are queer onto our group. Like I think they, they, they bring a, a a different perspective and it challenges another perspective like when I started at my current job or in my current company I was on a homogenous team of
2: Mm.
0: all straight white women um and I felt so comfortable because that was most of the women that I had surrounded myself with for most of my my life Mm -hmm. bearing going to a an all boys Catholic school, but you know, um, my, my experience growing up has been mostly white. Um, and, and so jumping into a corporate setting where people were almost all under 30, all under 35, mm-hmm. all straight white women, I felt like I could fit right in because I felt like, you know, one of them. And again, even though I, I probably had a level of privilege just by being a tall white male in the room, but, um, what I enjoyed so much and why why I loved that team so much is because I felt comfortable. I allowed my personality to come out. Mm. I allowed myself to come out. You know, I, I felt like I pushed the boundaries with significant like force that, mm-hmm. that allowed people to ask questions about me. And I got to ask questions about them. You know, like yeah. I felt comfortable like talking with people who had relationship problems or people who had, you know, like because that's like totally defined in a queer experience for for most parts, you know, right. you, you gravitate towards some of those people. But after a while, being a mostly homogenous team, people didn't really disagree. We didn't really challenge each other mm-hmm. to think differently, I don't think. Um, and we didn't, you know, like force each other to play devil's advocate. And I think right. when when the team is homogenous like that, your personalities become synonymous. Mm-hmm. You're you're sort of like all acting and thinking and breathing the same way in this unit. And and I'm conscious of that now five years in, although I'm sure I could be better, encouraging our team to disagree with each other. Yeah. I almost get a little worried when we do all agree and we walk out of the room all hands up. And, and, you know, we we disagree when we meet as a larger team, uh, mm-hmm. because when you look at the larger team, it is more diverse, and we're challenging each other, and we're we're pushing perspectives, and people have different objectives. But um, which which oftentimes creates a forced, you know, like a forced different ways of thinking. But mm-hmm. but I feel like on my own team, though we're not homogenous, your your line of thinking can very easily become yeah. homogenous, and, and you your personalities complacent. and what, yeah, you become complacent, and the things that you like laugh at can become similar. You might all go out to the same places to eat. You might all, that's, it's like, it's really important. I feel as a, as a manager to bring out the, the uniqueness of the personalities Mm -hmm. and the people that, that uh, report to me, because most of us are under 30. Um, You know, most of us are in a similar place, like in our life. Um, You know, nobody has children and, and all of those things, I think, allow people to think differently about, about work and about life and about balance Mm -hmm. and perspective. And I I I I think it all comes back to that that personality piece of of how you can show who you are and where you come from with a group of people who are different than you. Right. And I feel we do a good job. I don't want it to sound like we're doing a bad one, but I I just I'm I'm I I, because I didn't have that on my previous team, I feel I'm consciously trying to make sure we have that on the team that Mm -hmm. I'm on. Because without diversity, like you know, that diversity in thought, you you have single-minded, single-track personalities. And right, that's and no you, funny either.
1: you can't really grow from that. I mean, I, I just, what you said about going to, like, an all-boys school, you know, started making me think about my own education, and my high school was predominantly white. Nobody that I knew was out at the time. Everybody came from a pretty similar socioeconomic status, like, it was very very white.
0: <laughs> and just yeah.
1: like everyone was the same. And then when I went to college,
0: which like feels fun, but then right. yeah. Right. It, it's, it's safe. It's not fun. Safe. Safe, safe is the right yeah. word. Yeah.
1: And then yeah. like when I went to college, it wasn't that different. And if I looked at like the 20, 25 people that were in my major, you know, we were basically carving copies of each other. It was and, and all of our work was carving copies of each other. Um In a in a lot of ways, you could replace us with with another young white woman so easily, and assume that she's an education major. You know, like we were all the same. And then it wasn't until I went to grad school at the age of twenty five that I realized just how diverse everything was. (laughs) Like Mm. I'd never (laughs) been in such a such a diverse classroom within my own education through my whole life, and I often 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 say that the best part about grad school was my cohort because it was that diverse that I learned more from that like amalgamation of personalities and perspectives and life experiences that no textbook or you know peer-reviewed article could ever teach me and it really pushed me to grow not just in the way I looked at professional work we were all doing because we had the same passions right which was international development and education and and everything but within that we had different interests as well but it didn't it didn't just push me in those ways it pushed me as a person too, Mm. to recognize just how how many experiences there are in the world and, and made me realize that not everybody had the same ones as me I mean of course I knew that before I was 25 but I just to put you it in a room. Maybe you didn't
0: feel it. I yeah. didn't feel
1: it. To to put it in a room with 35 people, none of whom you could have carbon copied into the other. We were really that unique of a cohort. Um, that, it, yeah, it just, it pushed me to grow and learn and and be open-minded in a way that I had never been challenged to do previously. And I was so grateful for that challenge because I think it made us all better.
0: mm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I feel like you'll carry that in your next projects, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds really cool. You almost are inspiring me to go back to school, <laughs> which is, like, a terrifying thing for me. But I, I've always enjoyed, you know, as, as I progressed through school, my experience always became more diverse. Mm-hmm. So my personality as a person, my, my, the acceptance of, of that I might be different, got easier too, because mm-hmm. I was surrounded by people who were different. And, and that sort of shaped me. So like, it was an all white, pretty much middle school in the suburbs. And then it was inner city, all boys, but that was mixed income, you know, mm-hmm. a mixed race. And then college, I felt like I almost jumped back into mm-hmm. like an all white experience, yet it was different because I was coming out and I was doing service work. So I felt like that was where I learned diversity sure. a bit more. Sure. Um, and now in the workplace, I'm like, I feel like every time I go into a different office, I'm like, Oh my God. Like there, there's so many people here who are like also different than me, mm-hmm. you know, like there's so many different cultures. Cause our, our company is massive. Like but there's there's so many different cultures. There's so many different ways to look at things. People have come from the manufacturing world. They've come from, like, the front lines of being in healthcare. They've been nurses. They've been doctors. They've been teachers. Like, like, And I, I feel that, like, sometimes because my personality at work is just to accomplish so much and have fun doing it, that sometimes... I maybe I'm not like actively taking time to get to know like the historical side of those people and getting right. to know their diversity and then like helping me learn a bit more or maybe I I do it subconsciously but I I I, I don't know that I'm doing it as consciously as I could and and should cuz I could be a lot more appreciative I think if I had that you know like it mm-hmm. sounds like your experience in school was was awesome.
1: Yeah, I try to remind myself of it often and try to continue being in spaces where that is the norm, you know, where, you know, Mm -hmm. just trying to push myself into more diverse spaces because then I know it pushes me to, to be better and more thoughtful around the kind of work I do, the kind of person I am, what things I care about. I, I think it's, it's really, really important.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Cool.
1: Yeah. So I'll let you, I'll I'll let you know what I keep learning in class.
0: (laughs) Yeah, seriously, let me know. And I'm sure we're going to record another episode during this time. Um, But I have to go. Kathleen has to go. Um, And this was another episode of let's unpack that. So I hope you guys enjoyed unpacking our work personas. I feel like we covered and unpacked a lot. Mm -hmm. I also feel like we could listen to this maybe in a month and like pull out more little things and, and, talk more about them and maybe at some point, you know, back it up with statistics, but we're just not that into that. So, (laughs) uh, um, Kathleen, thank you for joining.
1: Thank you. It was Uh, a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah. And everyone else, thanks for listening. Um, if you have feedback on this episode, love it or hate it, um, please, um, follow us on Instagram at let's unpack that underscore podcast. And, um, if you, you know, want to connect with us, stay in touch or just, Join an episode, you can email us at let's unpack that pod at gmail.com. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week. <laughs>